Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. Right now we have our very first Saturday live recording where we are taking phone calls while we're doing a podcast. I'm sitting here with Brother Ren. Brother Ren, thank you so much for joining us. It's a great honor to be here. <laughs> We're going to be talking about a wide range of issues as it has to do with the coronavirus and China and the Back to Jerusalem vision. And we are excited about you guys joining us. Um, before I get going, we have a message that has come to us from uh, Nigeria. There has been a slaughter of Christians in Nigeria. It has been something that uh, has been extremely heartbreaking to see. Just two days ago, there, were, uh, there was a group of Christians that were attacked in their village. They called the police. The police came to their village and basically for two hours just sat outside the village while the Islamic extremists attacked them. There was no help. And then the, the extremists that attacked their village burned down uh, many of the Christians inside their homes. So there were Christians that burned to death in Nigeria. I asked a friend um, in Nigeria, a pastor friend of mine, about the situation, and he sent me um, a, a voicemail. It's about a minute long. I have not listened to it yet myself. So this is the first time we're going to be listening to it together. So, Buck, a very good, um, um, very good afternoon. Um, you can imagine that uh, around the time the lockdown started, or before that time, the Chadian government actually um, dealt a very heavy blow on Boko Haram, killing over a thousand soldiers. Sorry, not soldiers, a thousand insurgents. Now, there was, <laughs> there was uh, um, a message that. Uh, the head of Boko Haram sent to Nigeria that after, you know, the um, coronavirus, that there are going to be attacks in the south. Now, that's a very funny thing to say, after the coronavirus. So you can all see that clearly, that the Boko Haram insurgency is something that's actually um, planned and financed by Muslims. You understand? Now, just today, the chief of staff, the right-hand man to our president, who's a Kanuri and a Muslim, um, has just been buried. He died. He he was 81 years old and he called. He had he was diabetic and also asthmatic. So you know all those underlying conditions. So to cut a long story short, um, the last trip I went on, I started a work in the in the in the Obudu Pato, um, Benue, the mountains on the border of Benue and um, Cameroon. That's uh, eastern portion of Nigeria. We started a church there and it's doing very very well. And um, because basically there's no lockdown in, in interior villages, in very remote villages, there's no lockdown. So the prayer we desire is that our works in those villages will just continue, even as I'm in lockdown in Lagos. That's majorly. 
Um, for this lockdown, I'm having a wonderful time with my family and doing a lot of praying and um, discovering a lot. And uh, this time uh, really helps us to prove the genuineness of our faith. Um, helps us to recalibrate. So that was the message that uh, Pastor Dawson from Nigeria sent to me. This is um, this is the pastor that we've actually done a podcast with uh, last month. If you haven't heard the podcast together with him, it's a it's an emotional one. It's not one that's easy to listen to because of technical difficulties. But if you're able to last through the technical difficulties, it's a powerful recording together with him as he shares about the pain of his friends being attacked and chased and killed in Nigeria with all the challenges that are happening there. Um, Brother Ren, what do you think about the situation in Nigeria? I mean, it's it. We I just did an article um, that we put for our newsletter. We haven't put it up on the internet yet, but it will be available in our newsletter. On average, we're seeing one Christian killed um, uh, every uh, couple hours in Nigeria. Nine Christians per day are dying in Nigeria since the beginning of 2020. Hmm. Yeah, I think that we. Uh have to understand what is happening in that nation. I believe at the same time, if we only focus on the numbers of Christians who are dying, there must be also thousands of people who receive Jesus in that country. Mm -hmm. So this is a reaction in the darkness uh, for that expansion of the church in that country. And um, so I don't, um, I don't know why the same kind of uh, darkness has not been able to get uh, so visible in so many other countries. And Nigeria seems to be the place where there are mostly Christians, so uh, biggest number of the Christians being slaughtered uh, for their faith. But uh, on the bright side, there must be thousands and thousands of people coming to Christ. Yeah. And basically, what the Christians in Nigeria live today, they live the biblical promises. They said, you will be persecuted. And whenever the light penetrates darkness, there will be a reaction, a chain reaction in the darkness. So it's very obvious that, and for the years to come, I believe that Nigeria can be used by God um, and the Christians from that nation who overcome uh, all uh, and, and survive all this persecution that God can use them to expand the gospel throughout uh, Nigeria, the African continent. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. If um, Brother Ren and I right now are looking at a map of Nigeria, and when I was talking to uh, Pastor Dawson, uh, he is in the south where most of the Christians are. This is the Christian Bible Belt of Nigeria. Now, Nigeria is going to be a country that you will be hearing more of in the next 10 years. I guarantee it because their population is about to pass the United States. They already have the world's second largest population of young people under the age of 30. So they are a nation that is rising up uh, because of their population. So they're quickly uh, coming to a place where they're going to be as uh, well known on the world stage when it comes to population as China and India are. Um, like I said, they're about ready to replace the United States as, as number three. 
they still have some some time to go to past countries like uh, Indonesia and some of the more populated in uh, Asian countries. But if you look at a map, you basically have this middle ground, which is kind of a separating area between the Muslims in the north and the Christians in the south. And the Christians in the south, they're the ones with the educational institutions. They're the ones with the economy. The economy in the south is booming, or it was booming before the coronavirus. Um, they're the ones that have all of the resources for the country. And then those that are in the north have basically uh, flowed in from neighboring areas like Chad, um, like these areas um, that are Muslim and are on the border of Nigeria. So what we have seen is that the people in the north are getting upset with the growth of Christianity in the south. And they are lashing out and attacking Christians, just like you said, Brother Ren. Hmm. So um, right now we have uh, a time where anybody that wants to um, can call in. I'm just uh, writing to some people that are, because we've never done this before, they're writing in and asking, hey, are we able to call right now? We're like, yeah, absolutely. So if you are listening to this podcast and maybe uh, you didn't call in hmm. during this time, uh, I want to let you know that I think in the future, I'm going to start making a time where we can record on Saturdays and it'll be not a Saturday morning show per se, but a, um, a, a sh show that you can call in and uh, leave your thoughts and ideas or questions or complaints or uh, point out our mistakes. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> it's a learning curve. Yes. Uh, we have a call that's coming in right now. Hello and welcome to the Back to Jerusalem uh, recording show. Is, uh, I'm Eugene Bach. Who is this? This is Clint Abney. Hey, brother. Very good to hear your voice. How are you doing? I am doing all right. Good. I, I have been uh, chatting with you online because you have said that uh, you read one of our articles uh, as it pertains to uh, cutting hair. That is correct. I had. <laughs> and uh, so, so, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to ask so, did you do it? Did you take the leap of faith and cut your own hair? That I did. I, the funny thing about that is when I read that article, I had been thinking about, like, I know the coronavirus stuff. He's got the barbershops closing and things like this. And it's like, well, my hair's getting long. And it's like, I was debating whether to cut my own hair or not. And then I seen that article. I was like, okay, then here's some guidelines to go by here to help me out <laughs> if I do this. And it's like, okay, I'm going to try it and see how it turns out. Worst, in, worst case scenario, it'll grow out and then I can have someone cut it. <laughs> my local barber cut it and go on with my, go on with my life. So, uh, yeah, Clint, I just really quick, can you tell us, uh, Clint, could you tell us where you're calling from? Montpelier, Indiana. Montpelier, Indiana. That's my uh, that's my hometown. Thanks for for uh, calling in and uh, thanks for sharing your story. Let me let me ask you this: How did it go? It went better than I thought it was going to. I didn't have to shave myself bald. I'll say it that way. <laughs> At least I'm presentable. <laughs> okay, great. And um, in your area, in Montpelier, Indiana, um, are you guys on lockdown? 
Um, some places are. So yes, in a way, because, uh, you know, some people go to work and then like from where I'm at, um, when GM closed, that made us close too. And, uh, so if they are got the virus, of course they are under lockdown, just essential travel only, uh, like to work or to doctors or to groceries. And that's about all they want you to do. So there's no barbers that, uh, that are open that are ready to cut your hair. Oh no. Uh, uh-uh. they're the place like that's been shut down for maybe probably about two or three weeks now. Just enough time for your hair to, to grow out long enough for you to cut it yourself. Uh, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, tell us about your regular barber. Is that, uh, is that in your hometown? Do you go to the same place every single time? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yep. And, uh, he's a small town fella. Um, has another, really another lady that works there too that cuts hair, but uh, they closed real and they didn't want to. And uh, it kind of hurt him in a way because he didn't want to close, but he had to. So he could keep himself safe and his family safe and things. Yeah. Now, do you think he's going to be upset that you've uh, learned a way to save some money? I don't know. Um, of course, you tell him or not. Uh, <laughs> well, I won't tell him. It might be that you don't go to his chair anymore. He might see you around town and think, "Hey, Clint, I haven't seen you. Did you find another barber?" Yeah, he might. He might. He might. Who knows? He might. He might. Who knows? So uh, let me ask you this: because We shared testimonies from our our friends in China that has been working in China. I shared one from a friend that I've worked with inside of North Korea, and he talks about the very first time that you know he went and got his haircut in China. Um, did any of those stories or any of the tips that we gave in that article uh, help at all? Yes, I guess one particular one that helped me out, I guess, in that tip is. When you, you know, don't use any scissors, or I guess a couple of them, don't use any <laughs> scissors at all, which I didn't do. And then uh, just use the blades, of course, and use the longest one, start with the longest one, and then we'll go from there. And that's what I did, and and uh, it worked out pretty good. Now, the toughest part is, it's like if you want a nice edge around the back part of your head or whatever to make it look a little even or better, smoother, that's hard to do when you're trying to do that um, by, you know, with a razor without the guard on it because, you know, just one little slip could also cause a, a bald spot in a place you really don't want it. <laughs> so um, have you convinced your wife to let her uh, let you cut her hair? Oh, that will never happen. <laughs> that will never happen. <laughs> So it worked out good. That's awesome. You know, we have actually been getting several um, reports from people around the world that said that they did the same as you. And in fact, I'm going to be doing a story. I'm going to, I'll write about it and I'll post it up on our website in a couple of days. There was one friend that we have from India. He basically became a barber, cut his own hair, cut their own family's hair, and then thought, why stop there? We got neighbors that need some haircut and uh, began to cut their neighbor's hair as well. So uh, we've got we've we've had a few people inspired during this coronavirus to cut their own hair. That's cool. That's good. <laughs> well, brother, it's very good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for calling in. Um, I now that we have you on here, I just want to ask you a, a, something else on a completely different topic. Is that okay? 
That's fine. Yeah, I know that you said that you went through the Chasing Revival uh, Bible study series. Oh, yes, yes. And uh, what was your thoughts on that? You know, I really, really enjoyed that because um, I, I went through that myself, looked at it, and it's like, this is just a great journey. It's not just about a journey about, you know, tells about how revival goes and how revival is evolved in different places in the world. But that journey is also about your own personal walk with the Lord. Like, what are you doing to advance the gospel? Not necessarily have to be one to, that you have to go to different countries, you know, to go and do it. But, you know, your own mission feels like right here, like starts within you where God needs to start at exactly. And then you take what you learned and be able to teach somebody else what God is doing for you and what he can do for others, you know, to, uh, to show them who the Lord is and, and to get them to know who the God is, who Jesus is. Uh, let me ask you and, this, Clint. Uh, um, did you do this uh, Bible study by yourself or did you do it with your church? I done it. I led a Bible study with my church. And, um, and it went great. You know, they enjoyed it. Um, they got information they didn't know that existed. It was, you know, uh, some stuff they knew and other stuff they didn't know. And, uh, it just made it a great time, a great, great learning experience for us. You know, we have, um, we have now put that up online. We're going day by day during the coronavirus. We saw, you know, since there are so many people at home, Let's take the Chasing Revival series because when you did it, um, I think it was available for gatekeepers in part. Um, it was also available for anybody that had Right Now Media. Um, and then, of course, if people wanted to purchase it, they could purchase it. Um, which route did you take? I purchased it uh, from Back to Jerusalem. And then uh, and it was just on the digital when I did that, and then um, also went online to get the videos to show when it came time to show the videos to the people. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. And you were able to share that then with the rest of your Bible study? Yes, yes. Uh, excellent. So we know that there's a lot of people that didn't purchase it. We know that there were a lot of people that wanted to follow along and, and do the study, but for whatever reason, they just weren't able to make the purchase. And uh, that's why during this time of quarantine, we felt, let's put this up online so that those that did not get a chance before to follow it can follow it now day by day. And I don't know if you followed it at all, but if you have, uh, you'll notice that it is a little bit different than the day-to-day -day Bible study. Like we changed it a little bit because there's three parts to the Bible study. Some people just got the 61-day devotional in a book. Some people got the nine-part video series. Um, and then some people got all three, the devotional, the videos, and the workbook. And the workbook kind of ties the videos and the devotional together. And so what we did for this day-to-day -day Bible study is we've incorporated all three. So you'll see snapshots from the workbook. You'll see a devotional from the, the book, the 61-day devotional. And then you'll see a video clip, a really short video clip of the, you know, the nine-part video series that we put up there. Okay. That's cool. Have you, have you been able to follow that at all? Have you seen that? 
the new, the way you're doing it now, I guess, day by day, I have not been able to get on there and do that here okay. lately. Okay. Oh, you actually have done it this time. Yeah, no problem. We just, we wanted to make you feel bad if you said that you haven't been following us. <laughs> I've been following, but I've been, just follow, I've been, I haven't been seeing much of the Chasing Revival. I don't know why, how I'm missing it, but because I do follow you guys, so I didn't, I guess I don't know how I missed that one, but I did have. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for, for following us. Thank you for being with us. Have you seen, by the way, have you seen the Fufu Kids? The Fufu Kids. No, but I got one or two, one book, I think, of the Fufu Kids. Okay. Yeah, we, well, we have, we have just put that up online. So that's brand new. Um, and that is, oh, okay. so if you have any uh, nieces, nephews, uh, little kids in the neighborhood or whatever that you would like to share, we would love to share that with you. Hey, Clint, we're going to have to let you go. We got someone else calling in, brother, but it was great to hear from you. Yes. God bless you guys. Keep up the good work. Hello, this is uh, Back to Jerusalem podcast with Eugene Bach. Uh, who are we speaking with? Hey, Eugene. So good to hear you, man. How are you? <laughs> good to hear from our office. It was great, actually. I'm glad that you called. We were actually in the middle of another call from someone who called in from Indiana, and I did not know okay. if my computer would put you know the person on waiting or not. So, yeah, I saw that you called in. The uh, Skype showed me that we're getting uh, a second call. All right. Well, listen, um, why don't you see if you can get back on with them? And if you can't, um, give me a call back. How's that sound? Yeah, no, we can't. We, you got to stay on now because uh, we don't have anybody else on here. It's it's me and Brother Ren. So we're both here. Okay. Hey, Brother Ren, how are you? I'm doing good. Better than I uh, deserve, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we were just sharing, uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you know, we were just sharing with our caller that called in before uh, about the Bible study series um, that we've got going on right now. And I also shared about the uh, the FUFU program that we just put up online, completely free of several activities for children. And uh, I didn't get around to the fact that now we have all of our e-content online for free right now. And then also we have a huge discount up from now until the end of April, yeah. right? Yeah, from now until the end of April, um, everything everything is fifty percent off, and um, we've been getting a lot of orders. I mean, when you say a lot of orders, does that mean more than usual, or you know, uh, about yeah. the same as? Yeah, a lot more than usual, especially for this time of the year. So this time of the year, we might get maybe um, a couple orders a month, you know, every few days, or maybe one a week or something. And now we've been getting, um, I would say, one or two orders a day now that have been coming in. So it's been it's been crazy. Yeah, that My I mean, has been making trips to the post office more regular than she normally does. Uh, is that allowable? I, I, what are the what are the coronavirus restrictions in your area? Yeah, no, we can still travel to a post office. Our post office is still open. So um, I maybe interpret the law a little more liberally than I should. <laughs> um, they they allow essential businesses to stay open. So my thinking is, as long as the business is open, it's essential for me to be there. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like some. That sounds like some great rationale, brother. Um, so yeah, that that is pretty exciting. I mean, we went from like one or two orders a week to now one or two orders a day. That's a big jump. Yes. 
And the other thing that's been exciting is um, gatekeepers have been really coming in this month. So I just signed a new one up today. Um, let me see what we have so far in April. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We have 12 signed up in um, April already. And that's um, more than what we've done in a long time. Wow, that is amazing. I mean, I've been watching the gatekeeper numbers go up. Um, we've been able to garner a couple hundred over the last two years or something. So to have almost one every day and a half, uh, or, or you said, you know, what was it? Nine? That's one every two days. No, 12 of them. 12, sorry. We've so 12. That is such a blessing. For those of you that are listening to this podcast that are gatekeepers, we want to thank you from the bottom of our heart for your support. We thank you so much for all that you're doing, praying for Back to Jerusalem, supporting the Back to Jerusalem ministry. And for those of you that are not gatekeepers, but you're thinking about it, uh, Will, how do they do that? Uh, it's very simple. Just go to backtojerusalem.com and there's a, um, a bar at the top that says gatekeepers. Click on gatekeepers and all the instructions are right there on that page. Just click on, um, I think it's the green button. I would like to sign up. We just redid that page and we're making everything better. So um, I think it's the green button that says join now or yes, I'm in. And you just sign up. You can start at $25 a month or any $25 increment above that. And right now, about how many gatekeepers are there? Do you know? Just right offhand? Right now, we have probably somewhere between, with the new ones that we just came in, somewhere between 280 and 290. 280 and 290. Thank you guys so much for becoming gatekeepers. That makes such a big difference for us at Back to Jerusalem. One of the things that we do with the gatekeeper funding is we support uh, operations in Iran where Brother Wren has been working. And Brother Wren, you have been a part of uh, sending out Bibles with the, uh, the, the bakery, the bread, what we call the bread factory or the, the bakery, um, making bread and, and distributing that out. What can you share with us safely about um, the work that's happening in Iran? Yeah, it all started um, when we discovered the huge needs of uh, the Word of God in that nation. So we have, we're trying to flood the, the nation with uh, uh, digital uh, uh, Bibles. But not only that, there's a new, young people are coming to Christ and they are really committed for the gospel. And they want to go in person and share the gospel to different parts of the nation. So now they are doing these uh, completely dangerous, illegal ministry trips inside the country and go to these areas where people have, uh, there have been some natural uh, disasters. They will go there and they demonstrate the love of God and they share the gospel. And it's amazing when you help people how open they are for the message. So they have an open door uh, for that. And just recently, now when because of this corona uh, lockdown uh, so that uh, they really don't want people to leave the capital where the big number of people are living the church is uh, still the young, these young people they come together they go to the mountainside in outskirts of uh, tehran and throughout the whole night they are interceding they are praying and worshiping God and praying wow. God over 
Tehran. So we are expecting great things from happening there. Just recently I got uh, reports that among these uh, tens of thousands of uh, uh, prisoners who have been released because of fear of corona in the, in the prisons, uh, there have been several pastors has also been able to come back home. And, uh, and, and they are sharing how faithful God has been with them as they have been in the prison for the sake of the, uh, the gospel. Uh, amazing, amazing. And so some of the work that we do, not all of the work, but some of the work that we do, like the disaster relief, we just did disaster relief in an area that flooded in southeast Iran. What information do you have from that flooded area? Uh, there are about, um, there were about uh, one million people who were affected by the flood uh, in that part. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are uh, very much uh, the people that people group who is living there they are very much hated by by the the ruling party and so they they are living in constant need and so we have we are now building up a, a new kind of project uh, where we are going to help them in a, uh, in a way that the, that will uh, give them a better future and uh, we are able uh, to establish a presence among these people and uh, and along uh, so that we can share the love of God and also be there in person uh, doing good works among them. So God has opened a amazing door because of this flooding. It's all all, all the water is gone now, uh, but uh, but the needs, the basic needs of the people are still there. And so it's a long-term project to bring the gospel to that people group. Uh, brother, we might be we might be dropping you. Please stay on the line. We had somebody just call in, but we uh, we missed their call. Um, if they call okay. back, I will go ahead and take them. So just be prepared to be cut off. Please, um, please do. And I'll stay on hold to see if that works. I'll just stay on and see if you um, get back with me. Yeah, I can do that. This is all completely new. So for those of you that are listening to the back, yeah. this Back to Jerusalem podcast, we've never done a live call-in show before. And this is the first time and what we want to do, because I'm going to be recording anyway, right? I'm doing a podcast every week or several podcasts per week. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to let the audience know, let you know, our listener, uh, that every Saturday, as long as we can anyway, I think, we're going to start uh, allowing people to call in and then take their phone calls, just in case there might be listeners out there that have questions. You know, I get emails, I get messages on Facebook. And so we want to... Uh, listen to you, our supporters, listen, listen to you, our listeners. And if you are listening to this podcast and you want to join us, take a chance, call us on the number that we have put. If you're not friends with me on Facebook, um, this is the number you can write this down. Our number is 1-703-348-7756. Again, that's 1-703-348-7756. 7756. Now, this is not the Back to Jerusalem office. If you want to get a hold of Will, you'll have to call another number. Um, This number is only for the podcast. So you can call in with this number during the time that we're doing the podcast, and we'll take your call if we can. So, uh, yeah, if people that are supporting us and that have come on board to be gatekeepers, what Brother Ren just shared about Iran. 
That's exactly what you are supporting. That's what you are a part of. We were able to immediately, once we heard of the need in Iran, without writing a proposal, you know, a lot of ministries, people that are listeners, they may not know this, but a lot of ministries, they have to write proposals to other ministries in order to get support. So in the past, the way that we worked is that we were 100% supported by other ministries where we wrote up a proposal and then those proposals were accepted or denied. If they were accepted, then we got funding and that funding had to be used for the only the things that were in that proposal. But now with gatekeepers and people that give to where most needed, it allows us the freedom to say, hey, we got funding. We want to help you right now. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold, uh, Will. Great. Great. Uh-huh. Hello, this is uh, Eugene Bach with the Back to Jerusalem podcast. Uh, who am I talking to? Tina Dorsett, Eugene. Hey, great to hear from you, Tina. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm in Washington. Okay, great. You're, it's, a, it's a little early for you this morning, right? Yes, it is. That's why it's 7.30 instead of <laughs> 7 o'clock for your 10 o'clock podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for calling in. We're, it's lovely to hear your voice. Uh, we just had a couple of callers, and this has been a lot of fun. We've never done this before. Yeah, I'm surprised. This is great. What, I'm sorry I'm late that I've missed things. Yeah, no, you're not late. You're perfect. You're. Uh, we actually had... Uh, did you try to call earlier? Uh, just a few moments ago, and I got the recording. Yeah, for some... So, basically, we've never done this before. And uh, if you've ever listened to our Back to Jerusalem podcast, you'll know that I do all of my recording with my trusty little mobile phone. So we have no studio. Uh-huh. I'm sitting here right now talking uh, with you with Brother Ren. Brother Ren is sitting with me, so he's keeping me company. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen Brother, Brother Ren in person Ren, before? I don't know who he is. Uh, yeah. Both. One and the same. He has more names than that. Depends yeah. if you are a part of the uh, police force in China or not. Yeah, it all depends on that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm really glad you're not driving down the road, Eugene. <laughs> yeah, we're not. I'm not driving down the road this time, but I'm. I might in the future. Um, it looks like we're. It looks like we're getting another call. But before I do that, I would love to just see what you had on your heart. Okay. Um, well, I'm just curious, but I got to admit, when you had, do you mean as far as the co- podcast? Yeah, I mean, what made you call in this morning? Um. Just. Just to hear everything, but I got to admit, I was just attracted when you were talking about missionaries in China. I was curious what you were going to say about that. Yeah, so, otherwise, I didn't have my own questions, really. Okay, yeah, no problem. We're ha- we're so excited that you called just to hear a supporter back to Jerusalem, a listener of the podcast, and someone that has been following back to Jerusalem enough to give us a ring at 730 in the morning. Is this after coffee or before coffee? I've got my tea here. I haven't even started it yet. So, Oh, are you a tea drinker in Washington State? Isn't that against the law? <laughs> well, believe this or not, it's true, but the Lord told me to stop the coffee, stop the brown stuff. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so happy to hear that. I've never been drinking coffee myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Brother Ren and I, neither of us are coffee drinkers. <laughs> Uh, so let me let me ask you this: um, Have you ever looked at the Back to Jerusalem tea? Uh, you know, I 
been just because I you you know it's been promoted a lot the past couple of weeks. So I am strongly look, considering. I haven't stopped and checked it out specifically, but I have been thinking about it. What 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 kind of what kind of tea do you drink? Uh, well, I've been trying to switch to herbal. I was told to just stay off caffeine, so really a lot of herbal. Um, so I don't even know if you have that kind. We 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 do, and uh, so we have a we have a couple of different teas that come directly from China. Um, I love uh, them. Of course, I'm biased, but I, I'm serious when I say that these are really good teas. So we have an oolong tea. Are you familiar with oolong tea at all? Uh, no, I mean I know I've had it, but I don't remember what this what it's. Okay. Yeah. So we have a green tea, we have a oolong tea, and we have one that is very special. It's called pu'er tea. Pu'er tea comes from the southwestern region of China, and that tea is really well known for its health benefits. And one of the thing, one of the reasons why we've come out with the Back to Jerusalem tea is because we just we love you know like what you've done. You you feel you know I don't want to put any spiritual emphasis on it, but there's a lot of people that feel like I'm so dependent upon coffee. And when I travel on the mission yeah. field with people that are dependent on coffee, I feel sorry for them because I don't provide coffee when we travel. <laughs> you know, whether it's in Iraq, yeah. whether it's in uh, China, Tibet, but we do have tea. And tea has been so good for, I mean, it really is good for your health. How long has it been since you had coffee last? Not that long, maybe um, uh, six weeks or something. Um, but it's true. The thing is, I was going as. Seriously, I was really going to it for to lift my spirits instead of the Lord. So he said no more. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, well, I mean, if if you get a chance and you're looking to buy, uh, you can go online and find the Back to Jerusalem tea. Um, if not, if, when you go into your local grocery store, take a look at those because those are uh, the oolong tea, the green tea, the um, the uh, pool Poor. tea. Oh. Um, what, what's your favorite tea? Um, I, my favorite, I, uh, certain times of the day, I love oolong tea that comes from high mountains. Uh, so the leaves are smaller on that and it has a special flavor. But I also, um, uh, I also love the puer cha. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Both of them are good. So whenever I'm... How, how are you spelling that? The one that starts with a P. Yeah, so it's P-U apostrophe E-R. Tango or P as in Peru? Yeah, so so P as in Peru, and then oh, U okay. U like uniform, and then um, okay. uh, E like England, R like Romeo. Okay, all right, I'll try those out. Yeah, and so um, Puar is is more of almost like a, a, a it tastes like a root. Uh, we've actually done humanitarian projects in Southwest China where we've done water sanitation, um, built medical clinics, and built cl uh, schools. Uh, in southern Yunnan province in the exact area where they grow this puar tea. And this puar tea is one of the more famous teas in all of China. And what is uh, kind of interesting about it is that sometimes in China, I like to teach from the Book of Esther. And the Book of Esther is where, you know, the, the, the king of Persia issued an order to exterminate all 
Jewish people um, until he found out that he had been hoodwinked. And then he issued basically what was like the Second Amendment for the Jewish people and said, okay, I can't take back my order for people all around the world to kill you, but I can give you permission to protect yourselves. And so the Jewish people weren't as hard or they weren't as easy to kill because they were protecting themselves. And that became known as the holiday of when the Jewish people, um, which we just had last month, where the Jewish people were rescued. That's called um, the the Puar in Chinese. So whenever I'm talking oh, about... Oh, right. <laughs> yes. So it's called Purim in English, but in Chinese they call it Puar, the exact same word we use for the Puar tea. So uh, we, we, we always have a fun time kind of listening to my translation when I'm talking about Pu are the holiday and Pu are the tea. Just a little side note. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, I, I'm enjoying, too, all the name switches, too. It's like, okay, what are we doing? Um, what are you drinking now? Uh, actually, I like stash tea because it has strong flavors, but I'm... I'm I, I shopped online because we're quarantined, so I only had a couple of choices. So I'm trying like this new apple cinnamon uh, stuff. It they didn't usually it's like constant comment or something with ginger in. It. I like ginger a lot. Uh, what do you think about the or apple cinnamon? What, what? What? How do you feel about the apple cinnamon? Sure. I'm not sure if it tastes a little synthetic to me, although I was reading the label and it's not supposed to be. Um, yeah, I like it. It's soothing, but I'm just not sure about it. I actually love apple cinnamon uh, tea. And the reason why has nothing to do with the taste. It's I skip breakfast every morning. I don't eat breakfast. I stopped eating breakfast a few years ago. And uh, for uh-huh. me, when I make the apple cinnamon tea, it reminds me of apple cinnamon oatmeal when I was a kid. And so for oh. some reason, whenever I heat it up and I drink that tea, I feel like I've just had oatmeal. Like I feel like I've, I, I've had a meal. So I actually love apple cinnamon. Oh, nice. Well, I didn't actually on the trip, I didn't notice you eating too much of anything. Do you eat one meal a day? Um, I try. I'm not very good at it. Um, but when I sit down to eat one meal a day, um, my one meal can last for four hours. I, I can eat four hours straight without stopping. Okay. Not necessarily (laughs) less. It's, it's it's hard to believe he's still so skinny. He's so skinny. I don't know what happened to all this food. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm an eyewitness. <laughs> it, it, it can happen, yeah. I think youth has something to do that, too, so. No, yeah. not me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I want to thank you so much for calling in. It was great to hear your voice. And uh, thanks for, you know, following Back to Jerusalem, praying for Back to Jerusalem, and partnering together with us. Really enjoyed uh, your call. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. God bless you. God bless. Bye-bye. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So, is can I ask questions about? I, want, I was hoping you would say something about missionaries in China. <laughs> yes, you can absolutely. You can. Uh, we talk about more things than tea on this podcast. So, uh, any okay. question? Yeah, go ahead. 
All right, because I'm reading, you put this post, I'm looking at the thing you put on April 16th. It's like, got questions about China, North Korea, Iran, whatever, whatever missions, or how to join the Chinese missionaries on the field. What's that about? Okay, yeah, so uh, which part? How to join the Chinese missionaries on the field. Okay, we are looking at starting a new program. We haven't done it yet, uh, where we have a friend in Thailand that... Uh, he has a ministry where he vets people. Here's the challenge that we have with Back to Jerusalem. We need more people to partner together with us, but we are too small to do any vetting. So uh, we have been discussing for a while how can we involve people, but how can we vet them, right? Because there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that want to start their own ministry which we are extremely excited about, but they want to use the Chinese to help them do that. And so in the past, we have just connected with people and put them on the field together with our Chinese partners, and it hasn't turned out well. Uh, let, me give you, mm-hmm. let, me, let me give you one example. Um, we had a, a, a dear brother who came to our Business as Mission conference, really amazing guy, got to meet him in person, had a dinner with him, uh, got to you know really get to know who he was, And he decided he was going to come to China. So we partnered him together with our Chinese team in Shanghai. Uh, While he was in Shanghai, he decided that one of the good things that he could do was to start a Chinese ministry of making these prayer banners uh, that he could send to different churches around the United States. And so what he began to do was he started working with um, Chinese factories and ordering these banners Uh, not connecting with us at all, but connecting directly with the Chinese that we put him in contact with. The Chinese on the ground, we have been working with for over 20 years, for me, and over 30-something years Mm. for Uncle Tom. And uh, so so they they trust us. So if we connect them with people, you know, this is not like a ministry in the West, right? In the West, if you have Mm -hmm. any questions, you just call the office, you just call your partner, you just talk about things freely, openly, every day on the phone. We can't do that. So we operate a lot on trust. So when I introduced these Westerners to our Chinese friends in Shanghai, our Chinese friends in Shanghai felt that these guys are the same as Eugene and Uncle Tom. So we're going to do exactly what they say uh, when it comes to doing projects together because they can't call us and ask us, is this something that you've approved? Is this something that you're working on? Because if it's something that we've worked on, they're happy to be a part of it. But this uh, individual that flew into Shanghai he began to put in orders with factories and our Chinese team was paying for that. And then they were doing all of the legwork um, with no compensation at all. And so that meant that they didn't have time for other ministry duties. Um, so when the churches were contacting these team members in Shanghai, asking them to do things, those team members were not available because they were carrying out tasks for this other guy that went back to America. They were also out of their own pocket paying for things from the factory to be sent to the US, which they never got recompensated for. So this was a, this was an uh, this was a situation where these Chinese in Shanghai got burnt and it was our fault because these guys were not properly prepped or vetted 
in any way. We've, we've, I've had that happen in, in, on several occasions, um, uh, not just in Shanghai, but all throughout China and other parts of China as well, where we've just gone, because that's how we operate, right? We operate off of trust. And unfortunately, we can't do that, um, you know, with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that comes through the door when they come from America. When in China, our job for Uncle Tong and I, our main vision is to support the Chinese. That is, that's why we exist, is to support the Chinese and their vision. However, we have found that when they go to areas like, let, let's say that we have a missionary going into Laos and they're going to start a restaurant, they could actually benefit from somebody from, let's say, the UK or Canada or America that has been in the restaurant business and they know a thing or two about running and operating a business. They want to be a missionary. They want to come and serve together with the Chinese. We would love to be able to make that happen, but we have no way of independently vetting these members. So we've been looking at, can we do it in Thailand? That might be a possibility. We're going to look at it after this coronavirus is lifted. Um, Uncle Tong and I were also looking at a possibility of an area in the Caucasus region and possibly having a school there in the Caucasus region where uh, we could bring in Westerners that could be vetted together with the Chinese. Uh, did you want to share anything about that? Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's, that's the way to go uh, for that simple reason that many of these uh, restricted access nations, uh, it is too dangerous to bring together even the local believers to do any training for them. Uh, but if you add uh, the outsiders uh, from the rest of the world that are supposed to be at the same time, then it becomes really, really challenging. So um, this is one of the greatest needs uh, uh, for us now to look into. And we are especially thinking about the young believers and the disciples coming out from Iran. Uh, where do we do this for them? Their mission training their, and their partnership training. How do we do that uh, together and, and what location? And, and that's what we are looking into right now. So anybody that's listening to this podcast, by the end of this year, we hope to have a way for you to come and join together with the Back to Jerusalem vision because we are focused on seeing Matthew 24, 14 come to pass. That this good news of the kingdom will be preached to all the nations, all the ethnogroups, all the people. And then the end will come. We're excited about the second return of Christ. Uh, we want to see him come back. We want to see him to end the misery of this world that uh, is dying in sin. We see that with the coronavirus. My wife um, this afternoon over lunch started sharing with me this horrible story about a little girl, three years old, was just diagnosed with you know, brain cancer. Um, this suffering that the world is going through, that, that, that uh, people are going through every single day, this will end when our Messiah returns again. And so we would like to involve more people, more nationalities, because the vision of Back to Jerusalem is growing. Uh, we just came out with a book. I don't know if you saw this or not, but we just came out with a book that we hope to have printed by October, and it is about the Back to Jerusalem vision. And one of the things that we point out in that, in that book is that 15 years ago, when the Back to Jerusalem book by Paul Hathaway first came out in 2005, 
We didn't have any missionaries active on the ground. They'd been sent out. Some have come back, but no active missionaries in any significant number. And we were attacked left, right, and center. So many people said it will never happen. Back to Jerusalem is a fraud. It's been taken over by Westerners. Brother Yun is a fraud. He's out stealing money. Uh, the Ooh. Chinese are not educated enough. The Chinese, have they have a lot to learn before they start to go to other countries. China itself needs to be reached. China has so many areas and people groups that are unreached. This back to Jerusalem will never happen. And then it was mainly a vision. But now, 15 years later, which is not that long. I mean, anybody that has kids that are, you know, in over 15 years old, you'll know that your kids grow up super fast in that 15 years. Our youngest is 16. Our oldest will be 21 in a couple months. And 15 years really goes by in the blink of an eye. So for in 15 years from 2005 till today, China now today has more people on the ground than any other country in the world combined. Thank you so much for the call. I'm going to take another call, but thank you. We loved hearing from you. Okay. Hello, you are on the Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach. Uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Denver. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. What's your name? Hi, I'm Sam. Sam, thank you so much for calling. Are you outside? I am outside. <laughs> I was on a little run walk and I uh, just decided to try you again. And I'm glad you answered. I'm so glad you tried us again. Are, are, you, are you not obeying the quarantine? Are you out there <laughs> <laughs> causing trouble? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I need to be outside. It is, it's not too bad out right now. We just got like eight inches of snow, but it's melting and the sun is shining. So, Oh, the sun is shining where I'm at as well, but outside of our window is over six feet of snow. So uh, oh <laughs> yeah, we are really, we love winter. Uh, and I mean, I, of course, okay. if you're in Colorado, you must be a big f fan of winter as well. <laughs> you know, God brought us here, so we're adapting. <laughs> okay, okay, going to where yeah, you're calling. Yeah. yeah, we moved from Arizona, so quite a different... Place. Oh, big change. I actually am a fan yeah. of that. Unless it was Flagstaff, Arizona, I'm a big fan of leaving the heat and going to the colder weather. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I you know... I'm adapting. <laughs> <laughs> good. Hey, Sam, it's really good to hear your voice. Yeah. I just want to ask you, um, what, what, uh, what brings you here this morning? Why, why, why are you calling back to Jerusalem? Do you got a, a complaint? Uh, do you want to yell at us about something or do you got a question? Yeah, yeah. I got um, a couple of questions and I know I'm kind of calling at the tail end. Do you got some time or? We will make the time. The great thing about a podcast is that we have no restrictions. So we can do it awesome. as long or as short as we need to. Okay, cool, cool. And just let me know if you answered these questions already. I don't want you to be, you know, needing to answer them multiple the same question multiple times you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah not a problem um, sometimes it takes me a couple times to get the answer right so uh, it's a good thing <laughs> oh awesome okay so um yeah i just can i start off by asking um how many nations that back to jerusalem is in right now uh that's a really good question right now we have mm -hmm. um uh, all of the nations in the 1040 window i think that we would actually have to sit and count 
Mm. Let's do that. Cal- okay, so we have awesome. we have North Korea, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, mm-hmm. uh, Thailand. Uh, I, we have UAE. We have Iran. We have uh, Iraq. Uh, we have Pakistan. We have Jordan. Jordan. Uh, mm-hmm. We have Cambodia. That's ten. Yeah. Wow. Um, so I would say there's at least 30 nations. Here, here's the challenge that we have, Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, back to mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Even though we're an organization, we don't fully represent back to Jerusalem. Back to Jerusalem is a vision of the Chinese church. So it is much yeah. bigger than we are. So there are many okay. back to Jerusalem missionaries that have left China that are serving in nations between China and Jerusalem that have absolutely nothing to do with us. And wow, uh, so the only the, the only people that we are working with, so you know, I, Egypt comes to mind, um, Sudan comes to mind. There's a lot of nations that we are working in. And when I say we, I'm talking about mm-hmm. Uncle Tong and I. Uncle Tong is on here with me right now as well. The both of us mm-hmm. are sitting here. I would like to say we're in a studio, but we're doing this recording with my mobile phone, uh, sitting in our kitchen <laughs> uh, in northern Sweden. So um, uh, we. We do not fully represent the Back to Jerusalem vision. We are just trying to help those that God has called us to help. But the vision is much bigger mm-hmm. than us. No organization owns cool. the vision. No denomination yeah. owns the vision. No personality mm-hmm. owns the owns the vision. So even if you see Brother Yun speaking at a, at a Back to Jerusalem event, he is a mm-hmm. spokesman for Back to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. but he is not the spokesman for back to Jerusalem because the vision is too big. Does that make, that makes sense? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, that's awesome. So you guys are in a ton of, ton of countries and I'm sure you're seeing tons of missionaries, um, being sent out. Um, so with that being said, what are kind of like, if you had to like choose one country that is the most dangerous to be sending missionaries in, which country would that be? And I'm talking pre pandemic, yeah, for me, no doubt about it. It would be I. I would vote for Somalia. What What would you say, Uncle Tom? Okay. I would be with you on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think with oh, yeah. some the the difference between Somalia and a place like North Korea and Iran, is that in North mm-hmm. Korea and Iran you have to be scared of the government. Yeah. In In Somalia, it is a fiefdom. There There is really no active government, so everybody is dangerous because every cowboy is trying to own their own ranch. Wow. Does that make sense? So it's, it's, it's basically the wild West gangbusters um, in, in a place like Iran, in a place like North Korea, which I think both of us would also say are not the safest places to, for missionaries to work. At least mm-hmm. you can measure the government's response and have an idea. This is what the government does. This is what the government doesn't do. This is the law of the government. This is the practice of the government. You see what I'm saying? So you can at least kind of uh, know your enemy. Uh, My background is in the U.S. military. So whenever I went into battle areas, I had to study my enemy. And in Somalia, that's very different because anybody can be your enemy at any time. Mm-hmm. So that would probably, yeah, that would, that would be our, our answer. I think is Somalia would be, and here's the thing about Somalia, right? Um, when it comes to Iran, Iran has oil, Iran has resources. So the West has an interest in seeing Iran open up and the West has an interest in engaging 
Iran. North Korea has nuclear weapons. We would like to see North Korea disarm. Unfortunately, Somalia has nothing that the world needs. Somalia can be forgotten. So Somalia is like the forgotten nation because there's no resources. America doesn't need to be involved on the government level because Somalia doesn't have anything that we need. England doesn't yeah. need to be involved on the government level in Somalia because Somalia doesn't have anything that they need. If mm-hmm. Somalia had a lot of oil, you would see a lot more concern and love and yeah. passion and desire to reach the people of Somalia. There would be a lot more political engagement. But to be quite honest, without being crude about it, Somalia yeah. can be forgotten because there's no natural resources that the world needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's intense. I would have never guessed you would have said Somalia. I definitely was thinking North Korea or Iran. Um, so that's a, you know, good to hear how we can be praying um, for Somalia and the missionaries that are in Somalia. Um, so no, I, and one of, this is one of the questions that you had posted on Instagram. Um, it's how to join the Chinese mission field. And let me just preface this question with, um, I don't, I've never like understood missions. I was saved to a church that really promoted church planting in other nations rather than sending missionaries. Um, so I'm not like, I, I'm not against missions by any means, but I think I just don't have a proper understanding of missions. And so, yeah, if you could kind of talk about what, you know, kind of how to go the Chinese mission field, but then also like, what value would someone like me, who's an American, you know, doesn't really have a diverse cultural background, doesn't really understand, you know, I feel like it would be more of a mission for me to understand a different culture than to be able to, like, even preach the gospel on top of that. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Uncle Tong, you want to answer that one? Yeah, I think it, uh, it has to do, everything starts with prayer, whatever we want to do, uh-huh. we have to start with prayer. And if you seriously, if God puts a nation on your heart and you start to pray for it, uh, later mm-hmm. on in prayer, you mm-hmm. start to hear from the Lord that, that there are certain things that He wants you to be involved in that. And it's very, very important that it's not any mission organization that will uh, kind of give you that idea uh, that you receive it personally from the Lord and Mm -hmm. then you are obedient and it will grow to Mm. something. And when we think about this partnership with the church in China, the one and only reason why we do it this way is that in many of these nations, uh, 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 restricted access nations, the door is almost totally closed for Western missionaries, but not for the Chinese. Mm-hmm. But there is, a, there is a partnership that we can establish with the Chinese. Uh, when they are in preparations for that, we can, we can really be there for them and help them and, uh, and, and language, teaching the language and, and, uh, and, and many other things, and also to pray with them. And then when they go out uh, there, we can continue to have uh, contact with them, not maybe physically, 
can be challenging in, if they are located in Syria or if they are located in Iran, it can be difficult for you to visit them there. But it's still possible yeah. and they need, for, uh, because if we are serious about Matthew 24, 14, that this gospel of the kingdom is going to preach as a testimony to all the nations and ethnicities, people groups, it will mm -hmm. require everybody that in the whole body of mm. Christ is needed. You are needed. I am needed. Eugene is needed. Everybody have to get involved. And there is the uh, part for every one of us to play in this movement of God to bring the gospel to those who have never heard the gospel. And remember this. Yeah, remember this because this is, it's so important. I love the way that you posed the question. Um, and the way that you posed the question was uh, pointing out your shortcomings. And every time we mm -hmm. see in the New Testament, whenever God used somebody, they were individuals that were uncertain about their abilities. They were uncertain about their lives. They were uncertain about their, their walk. They recognized their shortcomings. They recognized their sinful life. And in that recognition, they knew that by themselves, they could not accomplish anything. But with Christ, yeah. what they did accomplish, they were able to give all the praise and all the glory to him in a testimony. So uh, I would not count yourself short or think that you are disqualified because you're an American, you've had lack of exposure. Those are the situations where God enjoys using people the most, those that fit into a strategy, those that make sense, those that are logical are not always the ways that God works. So if it was a logical world, you would not have two people in Sweden that are both foreigners and not Chinese sharing with you about the Chinese vision of back to Jerusalem. Yeah. God does crazy things yeah. and moves and it's only through him. And we have the final frontier of missions between China and Jerusalem, the final frontier where people need to be reached and they can be reached in our lifetime. Everybody is needed, including you. Thank you so much for that question. Thank you for the phone call as well. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm so glad that you were able to answer these questions. Yeah, thanks. And we're going to start doing this, I think, at least for the next couple Saturdays in a row. So this is going to be our Saturday morning mediocre mission podcast. <laughs> that sounds awesome awesome well if i have any more questions i will absolutely be calling in again thank you so much eugene and oh, thank, thank you, you so much thank you so much you. for calling yeah thank you god bless god bless you and we want right, to and we want to say thank you to all of the listeners that have downloaded this Back to Jerusalem podcast. It has been a pleasure being with you. We thank you for those of you that called. And for those of you that are listening to this podcast that want to call us back, we will again be doing this on Saturday, every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And unfortunately, I won't be with Uncle Tong, I think, in the future, but um, unless he ends up staying here longer. Yeah, you never know. These corona <laughs> times are very tricky. <laughs> yes, during the corona times, it's been so such a blessing to have uh, Uncle Tong here with us on the Back to Jerusalem podcast. And it's been great to have you as well with us. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast again. I'm Eugene Bach coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Sweden. God bless you. Mm.